Welcome aboard the Adotat Show, where marketing, media, and ad tech converge. Fasten your seatbelts as your host, Pesach Latin, steers you through the dynamic world of digital trends and innovation. First, we have Shiv Gupta, the maestro behind you of digital. He's not just a marketing guru, he's the Dumbledore of digital marketing education. With a proven track record in the industry, he's all about the teaching tricks of the trade to undergraduates, graduates, and professionals alike. He's so passionate about education, you might catch him reading a marketing textbook for fun. And now Paul Connecton, the former CMO of Outbrain, Beeswax, Dapper, and MediaBath is the kingpin of enterprise marketing. He believes that B2B marketing is, like, is leading a crusade, and he's the commander-in-chief of those crusades. He's transformed enterprise brands across his 15 years in marketing, raising over 22 million in VC, and even conjuring up an AI product that now manages roughly half of the U.S. residential estate transactions. Last but not least, we have Josh Mortensen, our post-cookie prodigy. He's a web entrepreneur, global communications whiz, and programmatic expert. He's grown not one, but two internet companies from business plans to exits. When he's not negotiating acquisition and strategic partnerships, he's executing multi-country marketing plans and guiding product strategy. He's the man who knows what it takes to make an internet business not just succeed, but thrive. And now the moment we're waiting for, we're gonna deep dive into the intriguing world of identity marketing ad tech, spicing up the conversation, hopefully with a little bit of humor and wit and maybe a little bit of insight. Our panelists are armed with wisdom to navigate these exciting topics. Issue one, marketing identity conundrum, balancing act, our tightrope walk. How can marketers proactively prepare for potential shifts in data privacy regulations and big tech changes to ensure their marketing strategies remain effective and respectable of user privacy? First, Shiv, what do you think? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think, I think right now we are in a great moment of change and uncertainty, right? There's, there's a lot going on. Um, and the reality is like, no one knows where any of this stuff's actually going to end up. And, and when I say this stuff, I mean, there's kind of two major forces here, right? It's regular regulation. Um, and it's, uh, the platforms, right? It's Google and Apple and what they're going to do. No one knows where those two kind of, um, those bodies or, or let's say those forces will end up. And because no one knows where those things are going to end up, there's no right answer, right? Like that's why there is so much out there. You should do it this way. You should use this solution. You should do that because there is no right answer. Um, and, and so I think if you're a marketer, the first thing that you have to do is um, kind of take a step back, understand and learn a little bit about what's going on, right? Understand about what Apple is changing, what Google is changing, what their interests are, who they're trying to kind of appease, what, who their constituents are. Same thing with, with government, right? Try to figure out like, you know, what are kind of the, the forces that are pushing governments in certain directions versus not, you know, who leads, who kind of is a laggard versus, you know, Europe versus the US versus other countries. And I think the marketer needs to kind of take a step back, look at those things and evaluate and think about their own hypotheses as it pertains to the future, right? What do you think is going to happen in the future? What do you think is the best case scenario for your business? What do you think is the worst case scenario as it pertains to privacy, identity, and addressability? And then start building a strategy based on that. We're seeing way too many marketers right now skip those steps, 
right? And kind of cut to the, okay, well, uh, so-and-so came and pitched me on this cookie list thing. It sounds cool. Let me try it. You know, so-and-so other company is doing this other thing. Let me try it. And, and to, or, or a lot of marketers honestly have analysis paralysis, right? And they feel kind of like, oh my God, I'm so confused. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to kick the can down the road. I don't think either of those solutions is the right approach. It's, hey, take a step back, learn about what's going on, come up with some hypotheses and start building a strategy that kind of fits within your goalposts. Um, and, and I think what that will lead to is a few things. One is marketers today need to be, I think, experimenting with solutions. So do not kick the can down the road. This is a today problem, not a tomorrow problem. I also think marketers need to experiment with solutions that are relatively low lift right? So instead of like, hey, I'm going to spend a bunch of money and time and resources to try this ID thing. Well, you don't know if that ID thing might get regulated out tomorrow, right? From based on like some law that comes out. So don't invest too much in any one thing. Um, do low lift type of experiments and then spread your bets across the table, right? Don't go all in on one solution right now when again, any one solution could just poof, dis disappear uh, tomorrow. So those are some of my high so, levels. So Josh, what do you think about Hybrid approaches, like do like what are some hybrid approaches that people are using right now? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, especially especially coming from the other side of the, the the ocean, right? From 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 Europe, right? People have been experimenting this with you know we've we've been into this for like five years now, um, and so you see a lot more you see a lot more you know d direct deals, deal IDs. Um, you see a lot more contextual people, you know, just just trying those. You know, I mean, it's interesting what what Shiv said about, you know, be careful, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're looking at a lot of the ID solutions, for example, and, and you know, our sort of, I think in general in Europe, there's this, this feeling like, ah, these things don't, they're not going to really, you know, fit with, with you know, what, what's happening regulatory wise and the way the market's moving, the way the EU is moving generally. So, I mean, I, I think that that, that, that that experimenting, don't commit to one, one thing. There's a bunch of stuff out there. Um, and you don't know which, yeah, we don't know which way it's going, right? I mean, and the only, only one thing I would add to that, that is just maybe, you know, think about the paradigm you're using as a marketer, right? I mean, we see it, especially in the US, like deterministic data, ID, ID, ID is still the, that's the model. That's what everyone's thinking about, where we're starting to kind of move away from that a little. People are getting a little more comfortable with the old school way of advertising in Europe and just saying, look, it's probabilistic, it's cohorts, it's, you know, what you know some things like that so um yeah i think that that's a paul what about you should we rely on identifiers yeah i mean i think marketers today are in a really tough spot because like cookies work and they're still working and yeah. and like if you're if you're a direct response advertiser if you're bnh mm -hmm. photo video like what are you going to do go to your boss and be like hey can we make less revenue this month so we can try out some stuff that doesn't work as well like the rules haven't changed yet and so i think it's really challenging for anybody you know, yeah, like Shiv said, you can spread your bets, you can try different things, but like the people paving the roads haven't figured it out yet. And like, we're all going to go on those roads and we don't know what they're going to look like or what kind of equipment's going to work on them. And it's kind of like, it, it sucks to say hurry up and wait. But I think that overall, it's just, it's, it's really tough to stop doing the stuff that works. The CMO is a mm -hmm. role, you know, in, in consumer marketing focused companies is, is to really kind of, it's a difficult role right now to begin with. So it's like, you want to do it with a couple of hands tied behind your backs while your competitors, you know, have free use of the. So I think until it's everybody, um, and until the solutions are, are are out there, you know, topics APIs out of beta, we fully understand what it means. I mean, that thing has the potential to just like 
do targeting. The way and targeting and measurement, it's owned by Google. It could work amazing. That scares me a lot as a like independent ad tech vendor kind of guy. But like, <laughs> there's no reason why it wouldn't work. It's just shifting the who who is the steward of the data to a bunch of independent companies that compete with one another to you know the big Google and whatever they decide they want to do. I, I wouldn't surprise me if Apple followed suit with that. I mean, if you know that type of targeting and measurement works really really well. Um, there's a lot of money to, to be made. I don't know what that means for independent ad tech. I don't know what that means for marketers who aren't going to have much of a choice. Um, but it's, it's, I'll go back to what Shiv said, like reshuffling the deck. This, this is exciting. Like something new is going to come of this. Mm. Some opportunity is going to happen because of this. Were we forced into this? Is this because the, because industry associations did not collaborate with us and actually create the standards as the government, for example, and the privacy regulations forced us to do these things? Because let's just say, we've been talking about this for 20 years, nothing was done, and now we're being forced to do it. Anyone? with their hand in the cookie jar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, I think, I mean, definitely like in the European side, I mean, it was definitely led by legislation, but there is, you know, there's a much different sort of privacy regime and sense of privacy over here. So it was also driven by consumers, I think, you know. I mean, the U.S. seems, you know, still, I mean, I'm American, but I've been over here a long time. But, I mean, it still seems like there's a lot more, yeah, space, right? Not quite that that concern about in the same way that, that Europe has about, uh, you know, yeah, about tracking. and. All right. Issue two, identity redefining the complex web of precision. In a world where identity varies across industries, how can businesses strike a balance between precision and advertising in identifying individuals and safeguarding their privacy? Are there industry-specific best practices that can be shared? Shiv. Um, uh, I, I think this is, so there's, again, I'm gonna say it again. There's no right answer, right? If you're a marketer, balancing the two. So first of all, like there's no definition of what's right and wrong today. Right. So like some people have a different perspective on like, Hey, my consumer privacy means X, Y, and Z to me. And so you cannot be doing these things. Whereas somebody else definition of what privacy means to them might be totally different. Right. So I don't think to, to say that a marketer can strike the right balance, I think is, you know, a fool's errand because it, it's just in the eye of the beholder right now, right? So it, it kind of comes down to like, who's going to set the guidelines of what's right and wrong? And can you follow those things effectively? And all that stuff is still still in flux, right? I, I think if you're a marketer today, you obviously want to be able to drive great marketing outcomes, but then also not get not get sued or not not have to pay a big fine because you violated GDPR or CPRA or whatever. Um, and so I think you have to manage towards mm-hmm. those things effectively. Like, if anything, I think brands should err on the side of being conservative um, right now, because the last thing you want is like a PR nightmare, right? Um, or, you know, some kind of like data breach where, you know, you, you get put in the spotlight. But, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a right answer. I think this is like an ongoing thing that people are going to have to figure out. And like, honestly, I think the government really, really needs to step up. I think, especially in the U.S., not having a federal privacy law is a huge, huge mm-hmm. miss uh, by the yeah. government. Um, and then I, I also think like, I mean, my perspective is like, I think the platforms are driving this way too much right now. I think Apple in particular is driving way too much what is right and wrong. Um, and I think that's a miss on the behalf of like the IAB. I think that's a miss on behalf of government because, you know, Apple is now setting the rules and Apple is a, is actually 
the largest, most richest company in the world. So guess what? They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it for some sort of kind of let's make money strategy. And their make money strategy now has become pretty obvious, right? Let's uh, let's recap the entire industry um, with privacy as kind of the front, and then let's build an ad business, right? Like that's that's what they're doing. It's very obvious. Um, and so do we really want that company with those level of interests and that kind of like clear kind of capitalism setting the rules for privacy? I don't see how that makes sense. Um, so anyways, sorry, I digress. I went on a tangent. Do, should the should industries develop different identity solutions that are tailored to them? Anyone? Is it the platforms or the industries? I mean, the based on the nature of their da data and the regulatory. Because right now we keep on talking about the same solutions for everybody. Yeah. Well, which which industries are you talking about? What do you for mean? For example, healthcare <laughs> patient identification is crucial for providing access to medical care. E-commerce customer identification is essential for personalized shopping. What is the custom yeah, I mean, I, custom identity solutions that could be? Yeah. Seen? I mean, I think that's where the lawmakers need to be able to dictate what data can and cannot be collected, uh, how it can be used. Um, I think self-regulation or regulation by big tech is not going to work, right? I think the IDs and the data should be universal, right? Because we can't operate in a world where you've got like, you know, a different kind of set of technological mechanisms to do this stuff. That That is not that is not scalable. That is not like just in terms of growing business and, and kind of like the future of the open web, which I know is like a hot thing to say, but it's, it's true. Like we're not going to be able to, it's not going to work in a future where you have like different ID solutions for different industries. We're already going to have different ID solutions because there's not going to be one universal replacement for the cookie. Right. So I don't think you can add another dimension of, Oh, we need different IDs by different industries. So what about user education consent? Anyone? You mean the thing, the accept all cookies thing, the you have to log in to read this article thing? Oh. You know, I, I mean, I, I think a great example is... Do you think the themselves are educated in what is going on? No, they don't, I don't think they no. care nearly as much as we, we think they do. And we've made the right. user experience definitely worse with the, with all the cookie banners. I think when they start mm -hmm. to list ticket, it, it, it's 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 logical end. Like when these douchebags are figuring out ways to like parse audio that's being recorded through the mic, that article right. that came out over, over the weekend, like, okay, we can draw the line there. Like that is so demonstrably ridiculous. Well they claimed it was backwards only from by the way. I I I, just, I think it was vapor. I mean, if you want to ask me, like it had very like April Fool's vibes to it, so I was already sort of skeptical, <laughs> but like it's probably it's probably snake oil. It's, I mean, look, anyone can pitch it, and like the technology exists to make that happen. Theoretically, you could do it, but like, what, what brand is going to risk that? It was like they found a archive page. They weren't even necessarily yeah, pushing. Right, but that was a Marcom page. It was just a marketing page. My point being, like, there is a threshold where which we can we can say, like, we as around this table, anyone I know in ad tech was like, holy shit, like they're going to ruin it for everybody if they if they right. you know, say that we're listening to them. Um, right, so I do think, to an extent, if, if, consumers if, if, do care when it comes to that level. If people want their yeah. toes to make posts, not their ad preferences. Yeah, I mean, they, they already exactly. everyone already thinks they, everyone already thinks that we're listening to them too. So that was like a terrible. Right. I saw that. I was like, ugh. I mean, that's my family's biggest fear. Like, are you guys listening to me? I'm like, no. I mean, no. No, but these people are trying. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are the risks here? I mean. 
where the, I would argue that every business should do a risk assessment moving forward when it comes to identity. What's the risk? You have a great identity solution. And how much is that going to offend people's need for privacy? Listen, I think, I think that the risk is where we are today. The risk is the platforms take over. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I, I agree. I, I think like the privacy conversation has become kind of, um, I, I think a lot of this is because of Apple, but I think it's become really exaggerated uh, and, and people have lost kind of focus on why we care about, why do we care about privacy, right? Let's like go to the heart of the topic. We care about privacy as consumers, I think, because you don't want to be physically compromised. You don't want your physical well-being to be compromised, right? You don't want like somebody to get their hands on your information and your address and be able to kidnap you or your kids, right? Um, and number two, you don't want to be financially compromised, right? You don't want somebody to steal your identity, steal all your bank accounts, compromise your social security number. That, those are the reasons we should care about privacy, right? Um, or like you don't want to get caught by the government and then be like, you know, uh, prosecuted for some BS thing that you said 20 years ago. Like these are the reasons we care about privacy. Now, I think the conversation has become way too much about we care about privacy because it's creepy. Right. It's, it's creepy, you know, and it's like, well, hold on, like, let's get to the root of the creepiness. Why? Why are we fearful of the creepiness? So I, I think what matters is if you're a, if you're a brand. Right. And obviously, again, I mentioned this a few times already, like we don't know what right and wrong is today. Like you ask different people what right and wrong means to them, you'll get different definitions. But I think any brand that wants to be on the right side of this needs to confidently be able to say, hey, I collected data or I use data in certain ways that there was literally no way that anyone's physical well-being, financial well-being could be compromised, right? Because of how I protected their data. And, and I think that that's like the heart of what any brand needs to be able to testify, you know, and, and be able to like in the public court or in, in a real court, you need to be able to say those things confidently, I think, in order to feel like you're doing the right thing, you know, that that's, the, and there's, I think there's like, I think the whole cookie thing is a little bit, I, I think it's, you know, again, I think it was started by Apple. I think it's a little bit self-serving for Apple. And I think it, it kind of um, wavers a little bit from what I just said. Like, I don't think cookies necessarily have to be a mechanism that compromises people's physical well-being or financial well-being, right? Um, anyways, I digress. I think those are the things that we have to, have to always be thinking about solving for. Also, one thing I'll add is I do not believe consent on its own in a vacuum is the solution to that, right? I click yes all day long yeah. on the pop-ups. Does that mean that the data that's being used is properly mm -hmm. protecting my physical and my financial well-being? No, like Experian, right? Had that big hack several years ago where all people's like credit information got compromised. They weren't collecting data through cookies in some kind of like way that advertising uses the data where if they were just doing it differently or if they weren't using cookies, that wouldn't happen. That would happen regardless, right? So like that's the stuff that yeah. we need to be thought more thoughtful about as a society, the government, Apple and Google, they need to be honing in on fixing or solving for those types of hacks, not necessarily like targeted advertising all the time. Yeah, moving forward. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, no, I was just saying that, yeah, because I think that there's that, there's that strange gulf between like the creepiness that people feel, 
right? Which is retargeting, right? Like, why is that shoe following me around, right? And if a certain company, I always, when I'm feeling my most cynical, if a certain French company could have figured out frequency capping in Europe, we might not have as draconian uh, <laughs> of, of regulation, right? But but then what you say, like, you know, we don't have, like, experience and transunions, right? Like, that that's like a totally different level that no one has any ideas going on. They just go, what is with that shoe? I'm sick of seeing that sneaker, man. Yeah. Right. And that's like, they don't, and they don't like, yeah, that gulf between the creepiness and then the actual creepiness yeah. that, that's available is pretty big. I'll, I'll say the name. I mean, Critio <laughs> did it. Oh, out. What? Nothing but respect for Critio. I mean, the stuff works. And, and honestly, yeah. I don't think there's anyone yeah. around anymore that's like, okay, that very specific, like, you know, item I looked at on eBay is now in Facebook. They're not like, how do they, how, you know, I think that part's overblown. <laughs> They're going on for 15 years. Like, yeah. it. Facebook's doing it. Instagram's doing it. Amazon's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Like, I don't think that's it. I, I don't know. Like, I, I took it to the extreme to say they definitely don't want us listening. <laughs> like, that's for sure. Right. But do they care about retargeting anymore? Like, did we sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater there? Because that stuff does work, and sometimes I forget to buy something. And it's like, oh, yeah. Right. I do want that baby. It's a great book. You it's know? a great bookmarking service. I love it, right? It's just my bookmark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Critio has always has always been impressive to me in the way that they're able to do this at such tremendous scale. And like, mm. yeah, there's you know, it, it's it's grading your own homework a little bit or getting credit for conversions that aren't going to happen. Right. But the thing You're about right. keeping this product top of mind, they were and are the best at it. And and the to retail media too. I just think that's a they're, they're a fascinating company. And if that if they mm. influence those privacy regular or if they caused that wave in Europe to happen, that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. story for someone to write. Yeah. Like, how did Pritio lead directly to the draconian yeah. regulations happening in the EU right now? Like that's interesting. I, mean, I don't want to go on record for that, but that's my uh, that's my like second happy hour. Yeah, I'm beer. not speaking for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just speaking with admiration for a great company. <laughs> Issue number three: Beyond the Cookie, the hallucinatory quest for identity. As we approach the post-cookie era, what innovative and privacy-respecting alternatives do you see emerging? One of the things that Josh has mentioned is that he wonders if we can recreate the third-party cookie via hashed email ID and the potential throttling by Google and Apple. So what are some opportunities we can do beyond, let's, well, let's first start with first-party data. Is that really the saving grace of our industry? I think it's potentially overstated to an extent. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that that academic paper that's been floating around uh, LinkedIn the last couple of days about about all the first party data that's actually written by third party scripts and uh, getting exfiltrated. <laughs> you know, uh, it's also it's also it's also got that just that constant problem. Again, in the U.S., it's not as big of a problem, but like in Europe, the first party data and scale is just a nightmare. Um, it, yeah. You know, it's it's not. You're, you know, yeah. as a as a marketer myself, like anytime there's like a rule, like anytime you add a step into your funnel, yeah. there's drop off. And so, yeah. if what we're talking about these ID solutions, I mean, we got to have something. But like, if it's just one more hop, like that could be the difference yeah. between your business being viable, yeah. like losing twenty percent, losing fifty percent, one drop off of okay, this ID, this hash doesn't matter. Maybe he's not logged in on that second website, like. I don't know how that's all going to work. It's it's going to be really dicey unless again, like so that I think I have less bullish on than 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 the, the platforms 
coming up with things like Topics API to just go around mm-hmm. it. Um, that's going to have a hundred percent match rate for whatever the the parameters are that they're tagging people with. It's just they're going to control it, and you're going to have to believe them. Hey, the computer says you owe this much money for this audience. I don't know, like, like that's that sucks, but like that's how it's going to have to be. I think these ID solutions. I, I, I don't know. You're not going to know until you see it. To Shiv's earlier point, to your point, Josh, like you yeah. got to run with these things. You know, everyone loves CTV because it's just like, well, you can just show people stuff, and you know, a lot of people watch TV, so. Yeah. It, it, you kind of take viewability is huge. Uh, you know, those are easy metrics to get when you don't have to worry about who they are. Um, are we I don't know. Are we like overly obsessed with identity? Is it because we can? Have we just gone to the point? Like, yeah, you got to target somebody. Yeah, you got to be able to target and measure. So used to clicks. We're so used to you know tracking everything. Have we become obsessed with identity when we don't need it? There's other solutions. For example, contextual advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyway. I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, I have to, to be careful, right? So I'm not, I won't go into any kind of sales pitch, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, in certain ways, I think we are kind of obsessed with identity, right? Like, as I wrote to you, Pesach, the, I mean, like, you know, for most of the 20th century, we didn't have identity and we advertised like mad, right? And it worked or didn't work. I'm not sure. I'm not sure identity and the cookie outside of attribution. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not sure that all, a lot of, especially the super hyper targeting was actually quite as effective as we thought it was. The attribution was good, but it was the targeting really there or was that just, you know, or was the attribution a proxy for us saying, Oh yeah, we got enough conversion. So the targeting must've been good. Or was that just our algo mm. grinding out, you know, results? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, so, I mean, I think that that's, again, like I was saying earlier, might be time to think a little bit better, just a different model. I mean, contextual, can work and i bet it can work even better and more effectively um you know now that you know with a little bit more thought and it's not television based right but television still you know it's not a not a bad medium <laughs> yeah tim cook said advertising does not need a trove's personal data to succeed right here because the path of least resistance is rarely the path of wisdom so have we just done that just as this because this is the easiest way so we just try to do cookies and then we're trying identity and maybe this just doesn't work yeah i think i mean i think where we're going right is like i think in the future there will be some consensus around uh what is viable what works well what scales it won't be as good as what we've had right like it won't be as scalable as the combination of cookies and device ids and ips we'll have some stuff and there'll be some consensus around it and yeah i think you know between now and then marketers that are maybe like strategizing and getting ahead of it might get a little bit of an edge, but eventually it'll all just become, you know, just like cookies commoditized to a certain extent. Right. And so I think Mm. like basically the future is not all too different from the present is what I'm saying. Right. In terms of like, we're all going to be kind of on the same level playing field. There'll just be some new net mechanisms and new technology, and then we'll move on to talk about other stuff, right? We'll move on and talk mm-hmm. about, to your point, right? Like we'll move on and talk about how to make better creative. We'll move on to how to, you know, create better messaging and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do deeper analytics or measure more effectively or whatever it might be, right? So I do think we kind of over-obsess uh, over identity and I understand why, right? Like right now we're in a moment where there's no right answer for the future. And so every company 
wants to be in the driver's seat, right? And say like, we solved it. We have the ID solution for the future because the companies that are going to have that are going to have a huge advantage, right? So you understand it. Uh, and no company right now has the right answer. There's LiveRamp, there's ID5, there's all these companies that are out there saying, we've got the right answer. You guys have all seen the the partner, the identity partner list from Prohaska and MMA. There's over 120 ID solutions out there, right? And because every yeah. company is pitching it, and every company's going to every conference and talking about their ID mousetrap. That's what pushes the industry in certain directions, right? When all the tech companies are talking about a thing over and over and over again, ad nauseum, well, then everybody is talking about that's that, that's a forcing function for the entire industry. So yes, I think we've gone too far. We've overcompensated. We're talking about it way too much relative to the value it provides today and the value it'll provide in the future. We're just going to be in the same place in a few years with a different set of technological mechanisms, right? So like, why are we talking about like why aren't we talking about other stuff? I agree. We'll get back to the days of like traditional media buyer where we're biting it against an audience instead of just you know the most reach I mean, and the most targeted ads. No, a lot I of think, ads are, are already bought. Like you know, yeah, right. Direct to speed. I mean, I, I work with a lot of publishers that ninety percent of their business has nothing to do with any of the stuff that we did ourselves that we should about. They're just like advertisers come to me. They spend a ton of money. Mm -hmm. It's a direct buy. They send an IO pretty much. We use well, all to manage it all. You're finding a lot of sites of specific buys and microsites and stuff oh, like yeah. still exist. On the premium side, mm -hmm. it's 90% of the business. I can't name names, but like think of big publishers you know that matter. Mm -hmm. So right. much of their business is just people coming, mm -hmm. especially verticalized ones. So if you run, uh, you know, a site that is specific to a particular industry, uh, again, I don't want to get into specifics, but like that's the kind of thing you know who your customers are. You know, you know their names and numbers, and it, it, it's it's a it, there's no reason to get anything third party involved. That's just going to drive down your 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 yield. Um, I think a return direct to direct would be good. I think that I forget who brought up Tim Cook, but every time I go into the Lincoln Tunnel from New Jersey, I you know Apple has owned that that space, that billboard space above the Lincoln Tunnel for I don't know how many years. I mean, it's probably going on 15 years now. And you start to think about like they're not stupid. Like they created a revolution in the in in in, in uh, home home computers to start with 1984. That wasn't they weren't slicing and dicing and figuring out where this person visited. This. All, all that is probably overblown. Like I said, retargeting really worked. That's a lot of the open web DSP driven advertising for many many years. It's retargeting or something like it. But the notion of getting someone emotionally moved by your product by your story, like you don't need to be so granular about that. Um, I think brand marketing is a function. A lot, a lot of people like like to look at marketing as an engineering problem, and mm -hmm. in mobile game advertising, maybe it is more than not. Right. But for the customers that we think about, big enterprise brands, like the difference between Nike and Converse is is a feeling that they create. That's that's you know worth a lot more than like being able to find out how addressable this particular one slice of bread. They visited the website. They did this other thing. It's like you can probably work on creative a lot, a lot more, and get a bigger bang for buck on that. Josh, a tennis right. shoe or a racquetball shoe or whatever. It's what can you yeah. do? You have a do you have a big enough audience that is correct for your thing that that you can tell a story to. Um, and you know, get them I mean, in market to, for it, that thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get them in market. You can't just all this like we've just been hammering these tiny narrow, you know, mm -hmm. these narrow segments over and over and over, and it's not going to grow your business. It's not going to you know you need. Yeah, you need to create the demand and kind of, you know, you need to guess who they are. Maybe it's contextual. <clears throat> Maybe it's another company I know <clears throat> that has some information about, uh, you know, about who who you are. Um, but yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's 
but it is, I think it's back. I mean, back to the, back to the future kind of style, like back to one to many yeah. marketing and, and, you know, yeah, more well, reach. Te technologies are going to take advantage of this. So for, I think, I think local and geo targeting is going to be huge. It already is huge. Mm. It's just going to take off, especially uh, digital out of home advertising, mm -hmm. like geo, geo targeting going to be personally huge. What do you guys see from that angle? I mean, de I mean, de de definitely location, location-based. I mean, as long again, as long as it's not the lat long on your phone, <laughs> right? But if you could say something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I would say, and again, this is super self-serving. IP address is. I, I've always, so I feel a little bit like that's kind of a bait and switch or a deflection, right? Like, okay, let's relay all the IP addresses. We don't really care because we're ha we're grabbing your email and ha you know and sprinkling a hashtag mm. on it or ha you know hashing mm -hmm. it. Right. So of course we, you know, I mean, IP address is not the greatest proxy for identity. Um, I mean, despite, you know, Jason Bourne or whatever, like dialing it up on the computer, it's, you know, it's, it's going away uh, too. It's also going yeah, away. Yeah. IP is, you know, you can't rely on it for yeah. is, is location going to persist. I mean, we're, we're talking about it as yeah. if it's going to happen. Like we'll always have geo. Yeah. Will we? And it's, well, it's, well, it's I, uh, IP. I mean, IP is going to always tell us to some extent where we are. Yeah, but yeah. Going away. Apple is already, you know, helping users mask their IPs. I don't know that, I think for now it's going to keep working, but I think if we fast forward a couple of years from now and the, pace, the way things are going, that is like the last three, or the last couple or whatever it's called, I think it's yeah, yeah. dropped. Yeah, that's that's that also happens a lot already, like just the, 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 the truncated IPs. Um, yeah. But it's still, you know... No, right. I mean that's it. This is this is, this is, home, this is close can... to me. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. I think yeah. the thing. I think the yeah. thing that yeah, digital out of home if, still has a yeah. If you're like a risk, if you're risk averse, right, and you think that everything is going away, all the data, all the user level data is going away, mm. which I think is a very, very viable future, right? Based on what Apple and Google are doing, based on like regulation, where it's all mm -hmm. trending. Yeah, where There's a world in which everything goes away. Every user level piece of information that you could collect today and use today is going away. If that happens, what's the one thing we're left with? Contextual, right? We're left with contextual because contextual yeah. data and that signal has nothing to do with the user. And so I do think that like, you know, I was mm -hmm. talking earlier about marketers need to form hypotheses. And think about like worst and best case scenarios, right? So if I'm a marketer and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking my worst case scenario is all I have left in the future is contextual. I want to be doubling down on that a little bit, right? I want to be figuring out like what are the contextual solutions that do a good job of using contextual data to drive good outcomes? Because again, there's a world in which that's all you got. Well, we go mm. back to the registration days of like 10 years ago, the free iPods, the data collection more. <laughs> You're trying to data. find out more about the person. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Miles, your partner. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. I mean, we, we, I mean, miles. we yeah. used to have all the portals, you know, AOL, mm. Yahoo, and that, you know, people could register and they knew their data. Is that going to come back, you think? People are going to start registering to, are, the, are people going to try to use more portals to get data? You know, obviously, if I register on Google and use Google to connect to, to register with other sites, that data is transferred, if you're allowed. Yeah, Google owns see... it. They're mediating yeah. it. That's, they I think, it. where they're going. I mean, that's how they do it. it... Good other companies Good do it. Google. Like other companies do it. I can log in with my Netflix account, you know, and stuff like right. that. Right. Facebook <laughs> can do it. I mean, yeah. 
it's it's scary a little bit. To, but I, I want to go back to what Shiv said. Like everything goes away. Right. That's an interesting thought experiment. Like where are we when yeah. everything goes away? Uh, the things that make me nervous about that 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 scenario is that everything goes away except Google has this thing that works yeah. really well. And Facebook yeah. Yeah. going away from Facebook. Facebook has this thing that works amazing. And Instagram and you can super granular and all those things. So it's only going away for the open web. That's not part of the mm -hmm. walled garden. Uh, that's very well served by folks like the trade desk, like the very deep of the CTV. Like that's still a bright spot because again, it's just eyeballs. Uh, everything goes away, and then Google and Apple own the targeting and, yeah. and measurement. What is the value of so yeah, but many? Then, you yeah, mentioned the, but then the but then the publishers are also just they're, 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 I mean, then it's game over for publishers, right? If that there's no, you know, I mean, even for the, even like, contextual, yeah, yeah, for like imager, it's probably over. Yeah, because like yeah, being, I mean, being but, able to yeah. target people, yeah, like why why is anyone advertising directly on that site? Um, yeah, unless, you know, and any, you know and, again, that's someone any site. No, sorry. <laughs> so could yeah, people... I mean, but if, if Apple and, and Google are able to, to make the connection and target you on Imager, I'm using them. Sorry, yeah, to throw them and... the bus, but like, there's no contextual <laughs> right. who the person is. But right. If you're able to do it, then it's still good for those publishers. Mm. You mentioned wall gardens. Do you think there'll be like collaboration wall gardens, like big wall gardens, like this publisher and that publisher working right? We used to have. I mean, they, you know, there already I, are. Yeah, consortia. I, like IGN used to be an ad network that was, you know, yeah. IGN mm -hmm. ad network, the UGO ad network, I know, because I had the Future Games ad network. Um, like, the sites themselves have, like, the logo of IGN. Is there a way that those mm -hmm. sites collaborate and it's all first-party data at that point? They are. That, that's happening. I know the IAB is also working really closely with these larger publishers that own a bunch of brands, Condé Nast. You can think of as, like, an example or, you know, or like Arena Group, like that is the goal there mm -hmm. is to make that connective tissue work in between them. It's a matter of whether the browsers are going to respect that. Like, yeah, okay, I understand you uh, own Sports Illustrated, you also own this other thing. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Like, I'm not going to let you do that. Sorry. I don't know. It's up to them. Well, isn't they'll, it? they'll do it like Disney did, you know, go.com or something. So, you know, Arena might maybe, maybe that'll influence it. Arena, whatever. To... And then, right. You know, or, or maybe if it's domain level. When I, when I, you know, if I load my my uh, my men's health um, app, you know, I'm obviously not using my browser too. Um, yeah. I forgot my other question. So, what about AI <laughs> relationship to this? The data and AI. Everyone wants to know about AI. How will uh, AI well, change the privacy identity <laughs> debate? Well, I think that um, modeling AI and identity. Modeling is going to be crucial, right, for the future to mm. fill the gaps. Mm. And AI, AI, like effective AI, AI that's good at kind of modeling out user behavior, you know, making predictions, things that we use cookies today to, and we use very deterministic mm -hmm. data to be able to make a prediction. Mm. AI that can replicate that without the user level signals is going to crush it, right? And so, I think mm -hmm. that's where AI plays a role. It's more behind the scenes than it is like, oh, what's the chat GPT solution to this? It's not so much that. It's more the algorithmic solution. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, I think that kind of AI has already been deployed for like the last 10, 15 years to a certain extent, right? Like all the companies have algos that right. predict using signals and data. Yeah, yeah. look like modeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. look like modeling. Like we've had this for a long time, right? The question is, when the yeah, very specific point. data signals go away, which AI algorithm 
will be able to to still overcome, right? And still drive great results. And we don't know that yet, right? We don't know what the answer to that is quite yet. Yeah. yeah I, I think AI, in the meantime, yeah. I was going to say, in the meantime, until we get there, I think the most like proximal effect we're going to have from, from that in the near term is just content diarrhea. It's just yeah. going to flood the <laughs> zone with just bullshit everywhere. And like, it's just going to, it's going to inject a big mess into everything. Um, and that's true of a lot of new technologies. I, I don't know, but like, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to like, a lot of people just like fill in AI as like a magic wand. Like, yeah, man, there's going to yeah. be this thing. It's going to just predict who's going to buy your stuff. Like, wow, cool, dude. Like, okay, yeah. but it's not doing that yet. <laughs> like right now it's, we're still in the content diarrhea phase of what ChatGPT can do for us. Um, you know, five more likes and I'll make this, this whatever. Uh, yeah, Shiv's right. We've been, like, we know how to use data points and put them together in some sort of lookalike thing. Uh, the co- the companies that are going to be able to do that effectively are going to ha- own they're going to own the data, so being able to use tons of first party data maybe. But again, I got to say, like we have this browser layer that these big companies yeah. own, and they're seeing all of it. So if anyone's going to be able to do it, it's going to be them. And I don't know, like if you're Google, like, do you get broken up? If you're Google, more likely if you're the owner of that, like where do we net out on the value chain of who's able to make these you know use AI most effectively? Because to Shiv's point. It's all, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You need, like, where's the data coming from? And it's, it worries me. So Facebook, you know, Meta, uh, I don't know about TikTok. I don't know quite how that all works in terms of targeting and how the data points work. But but those legacy platforms, I can't believe I'm calling Facebook a legacy platform, but they have all of it. Google has all of it. So who are we? Yeah, like, I, where are we going to get it? That the AI is going to create fake identities, meaning in the sense that you're gonna, so much is going to be created by AI that when we analyze contextual targeting, we're going to be yeah. wrong. Because we're gonna, it, yeah. it's it garbage in, garbage out, as you mentioned. It was be yeah. created by AI. You have all these yeah. pages created right. by AI. And we just, well, people really like, you know, this brand of shoe. So we're going to talk more about this brand. <laughs> it turns out nobody well, likes the brand of shoe. Nobody likes it. It's just I mean, the already iBots s- liked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already see it a little bit in the a, in the in the like the affiliate space, like I, like lots of like like made like made for advertising AI stuff that's just like mm-hmm. they're just generating. You know, like yeah, <laughs> link, links, link spam. But yeah. So uh, going back to the creepy factor, though, how how this, this all kind of seems kind of creepy. Like, how do we prevent the users thinking what we're going back to? We're listening. How do we prevent that before we go? How do we prevent users from thinking that we are all creeps? Well, not me, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. That's like my every time I come back into the U.S., it's the first question they ask me. What do you do? I'm in advertising. Oh, do you do the mm. pop ups? I'm like. Mm. I think the reason why everybody thinks it's so creepy, I, I hate to say it again, I think it's Apple, right? Like Apple is the most powerful no. marketer in the world, right? One of their key strategies, right? Mm-hmm. If you go into a Tim Cook, you know, strategy meeting for the year, one of their key pillars right now is privacy. We all know that, right? We've seen privacy billboards from Apple. We've seen ads, commercials from Apple about privacy. And so they are the boogeyman. Apple is creating the boogeyman, the ad, the ad targeted boogeyman. Mm-hmm. The only way that goes down, like I've hung out with people who will be like, oh my God, yeah, the, the ads are so creepy. And you'll ask them why. They don't really understand why, but they will point to the Apple yeah. rhetoric, right? 
that's that's what's going on. Yeah. That's mm. it. And, and then, like, you know, to add to that, mm. there are Netflix documentaries now about how creepy it all is, right? So I think basically what happened is Cambridge Analytica in 2016 brought it all into the limelight. Mm. Then yep. Apple jumped on it as this is our product and this is our strategy is we're going to be the pro-privacy company. We're going to be anti all the rest of the big tech companies. Then they started spending hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of dollars on scaring people, right? Scare tactics, create the boogeyman. And then they swoop in as a white knight, right? As app, we're the white knight, we're going to save everybody from this privacy thing, you know, that, that everyone should be terrified of. I don't think it's going away until the Apple abandons that strategy, frankly, right? And that may never happen. That may never happen. So that's, to me, that's the crux of it. They're the Wait, most what's your quote? That's your, you're the, that's your quote, isn't it? You've got that's the, uh, what is it? Google, Google productize your data and yeah, Apple, Apple productize your privacy. privacy. That's Isn't right. That you? That's you. That's me. Yeah. Uh, Apple That's is the most impactful thing yeah. about it. When Apple wants to make people buy something or believe something, they're always successful. Whether it's iPads, whether it's iWatches, whether it's yeah. iPhones, if Apple wants you to buy it, they will market the hell out of it. They will get you to believe it and buy it. They want you to believe and buy the notion of privacy, uh, you know, privacy safe devices and, and platforms. That's what they want right now. And they're putting all the marketing and the muscle muscle in the world behind that. So you can't reverse that. There's nobody, any, no company can go against that and succeed. Google can't overcome Apple as a marketer. Right. Google's a great marketer in its own right, but they're not as good of a marketer as Apple is. Mm. All right, one sentence ever. Before we go, what is the key to identity in 2020? Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Don't care Let about it. Let it go. No. <laughs> Let it go. Uh, Find is, a different model. Is, Find a different approach. Mine is mine is like uh, di- diversify, diversification. Keep moving and diversify. I like Let It Go though. That was better. Paul, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Anyone is like so sure. Like this is how it's going to be. It's so what you have to do. Like be be careful. Like nobody knows uh, right now. No one knows. Not to interject, I see this stuff coming out of Congress even, and I, I get worried almost every day that tomorrow, just they're going to have some pet peeve, some personal agenda, and, you know, tomorrow say that, you know, we, you can't do registrations, or you can't, I mean, it, it's it's all, it's silly, the stuff coming out of the Congress, I have to admit, a lot of it is ridiculous. They don't seem to understand how the technology works. They don't seem to actually mm-hmm. understand what's going mm-hmm. on. Obviously, I should have mentioned People thought cookies were like tracking them into their bathroom. And they had no idea really what a cookie was. That was just tell us, right. you know, that we could just show you another app. And that was it. But they thought it was like a whole string of data that would, you know, it shared all their credit card information. So I think education, if I'm going to say one thing, and it's obviously, you know, on, on what Shiv does, it's education. You have to not yeah. just educate the users, yeah. you have to educate um, the industry and how to talk to the users. I think we've done a horrible job of educating like you, you don't you don't you now we have the pop-up the privacy pop-ups something like that should have been done from the start they should have said if you're on our site this is what you're going to get except it once you know we're not good at doing marketing as like an industry focused on selling to marketers <laughs> and the end goal of influencing people yeah. we have this chip on our shoulder of, we don't need to you know we don't need to do marketing and like that yeah. is how you get people thinking that you can listen mm. to phone conversations and generate ads from it. Because yeah. we're not thinking, yeah, exactly. we're not doing marketing. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to this, hopefully to this podcast, the first of many, 
but we do not listen to your phone conversations. We do not. No. Well, thank no. you, everyone, We've for your time. To do. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Thanks you a lot. Are. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. We... So, hey, just uh, quick. Thank you for listening to our show. You can find us on our YouTube channel, Face Off Latin, or your favorite podcasting platform. Special thanks to Shiv Gupta of U of Digital for all his help.